Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of Prop Swap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. Uh, we will get into a crazy World Series parlay. Uh, we'll get into some big sales that happened over the last week on PropSwap involving the baseball playoffs. We will talk about our favorite stake or swap picks. But first, let's talk a little NFL action uh, and some action that uh, we saw in person. Uh, Luke, we'll start with you. Uh, you were in attendance for the Bears-Patriots Monday night game, a game that New England was heavily favored. Uh, people were, were writing off the Bears. Uh, I see you're, you're wearing your Bears hat right now. Uh, just writing off Chicago. It was a, it was a foregone conclusion. Uh, but the Bears came in and made a statement. So uh, what was that like being uh, in Foxborough for Monday night? Yeah, uh, Gillette was rocking, walked in there. I, I had been there one other time last year for the uh, the Cowboys overtime loss where CeeDee Lamb had that overtime touchdown, but it's a super cool stadium. Um, middle of nowhere, very very far from the city of Boston. I was joking with uh, Joe Murray of the 98.5, the sports hub, number one sports talk show in the country. They had me on on Sunday morning in studio. Got to go see their studio, um, but it is a easily 90 minute drive certainly on a monday night with you know battling other traffic and we were joking that like you know during all the broadcasts and you tell me you know they always show like quincy market which is like downtown boston like boston harbor like you know next to the north end of boston like that is nowhere near where that football game is getting played so yeah <laughs> uh people hear the word foxborough and like i don't think they really put two and two together like where exactly foxborough is they just think like oh like the stadium's in foxborough but like they don't actually really realize how far away from the city of boston it is and you know it's, it's not the boston yeah. patriots it's it's the new england patriots and that, that's probably for a reason fair yep fair um but yeah, really cool environment. I walked into that game. I'm a Bears fan, obviously, but I walked into that game having very low expectations. What have the Bears shown us this year to make me have high expectations? We've looked um, quite meek in the beginning of the season, but Justin Fields came out, punched him in the mouth. Bears looked sharp. Um, they ran the ball well. The Bears did. And I did not realize this until traveling to Boston on, on Friday morning. I got in from New York City. There is a quarterback controversy in New England, and I didn't know that until traveling there. They are, they are very much in favor of Bailey Zappi. Like, I would say it was 60-40, maybe even 70-30 of the fans in the stadium, you know, just chatting with people at sports bars around Boston. Like, they are, they call it Zappi hour. Like, they, they want Zappi in there. And, uh, you know, he first drive, he takes over, throws a touchdown strike to Devontae Parker. So, I, I get it. You know, it's crazy that Mac Jones won rookie of the year last year and we're, we're having this conversation, but Zappi looks good and they, they just call Mac Jones a stiff and not that Zappi is this like mobile quarterback. He had like 50 rushing yards his entire career at Western Kentucky, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're ready for a change, apparently. Yeah, so it definitely seemed like, let's just talk about before the game, it definitely seemed like from my point of view, that most of the people were still in favor of, of Mac Jones, that, you know, uh, Mac is still the quarterback. Bailey, you know, had come in and, and you know, uh, 
wasn't really, you know, just did, did enough to win the game. But if you're going to compare just the two about quarterbacking skills, you know, Mac got, Mac was the guy. But it seemed like after a couple of drives, the the crowd was chanting for for Bailey's for Bailey's name. Uh, he came in, had the two touchdown drives, but then still, you know, they got blown out the other day. So, I mean, would you say that the, that the 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 Patriots fans' opinions were one thing before the game, a different thing during the game, and now? A third different thing after the game? No, I I would lean Zappy was a slight favorite in terms of consensus. So like I said, like like I would say it was around 60-40, maybe pregame 55-45, Zappy to Mac. And now it's now it's like 60-40, if not 65, um, in favor of Zappy. So I mean <laughs> you talk about the chance. I think the guy that took me to the game is a 98.5 sports hub sales job. I think he started the zappy chant. <laughs> like he was, he was chatting for zappy the, the whole game. And we were talking about a pregame at the tailgate. And um, so, yeah, it's, I had no idea until, until this week that there was even a quarterback controversy, but it's alive and well. Yeah. Uh, I've, I know who you're talking about and uh, he's definitely a, a, a loud talkative guy. So I, I could, I could definitely see him, uh, not, uh, not being shy about standing up in the middle of the crowd and, and, uh, and, and yelling something out. Um, uh, I, I as well was, uh, in attendance for, for an NFL game. Uh, got to see, uh, the jets play the Broncos. Uh, that was a, <laughs> uh, not as exciting or high scoring as your game. We'll, we'll, we'll just say that. Uh, and, uh, man, Brett Rippin, um, he, he, Ended up making some okay throws during the game, but man, there were some there were some probably jitters or nerves or something. But uh, he he missed some wide open receivers uh, early in that game. Uh, the only scored one touchdown uh, did, did the Broncos. Uh, Brees Hall had a had a fantastic run to to open the scoring, and it's really a bummer to see that he's he's now done for the year because he was probably going to be the favorite for for rookie of the year. I mean, he's uh, an electric running back, um, and uh, you know that's definitely going to hurt the Jets as the you know at least try to uh, to to scrap their way to a pl- to a playoff spot. But I mean, you look at that AFC East, and um, you know you could easily make the argument that the Jets are the are the second best team uh, in that in that division. But um, yeah. Uh, you know, no offense to Brett Rippin, but uh, he may want to find a new day job because uh, I'm not so mm-hmm. sure that quarterback and start, starting quarterback in the NFL is is what he's going to do. But um, you know, I will. I'm sure that the Broncos fans are very different than the Patriots fans, and that like, yeah, there were some. You know, they were unhappy, but like, generally, people were just you know, they weren't th- they weren't that mad. There was really no booing. They were just kind of there to have a good time. And you know, I think the Broncos fans are a little more of a nicer crowd than uh, than you find on the East Coast, like at a at a at a Patriots or Giants game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they've, they've had a ton of success over the last 15 years. So I understand them wanting wins right now. Like we, we are not waiting for anything we want to, if you're, if you have one bad game, like you could be on your way out. They had a certain quarterback who was there for, you know, a decade and a half who was the greatest football player ever. So I get it. I understand why they're a little, little fast paced. Uh, but yeah, Bailey Zappi right now, 14, uh, fourth lowest odds at 14 to one to win offensive rookie of the year. Uh, lowest Kenneth Walker, two to one, Damian Pierce, three to one, Chris Olave, seven to one. But there he is again that uh, you mentioned rookie of the year odds. And I, I agree with you that Hall would have uh, ran away with it. But those four guys are up next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, uh, Zappy rookie of the year, it just, it would make me too nervous because it just seems like Belichick has absolutely zero issue just benching one guy and throwing the other guy in there and kind of doing a platoon thing. Obviously, I think he would prefer to have one guy be the starter, but like, 
it's when when you've got a a backup who's right there who's sort of an unequal playing field. I mean, I just think that the lease is the leash is going to be somewhat short for Zappy. It's not like it's not like they're just going to let Zappy go out there and make mistakes just to get him just to get him reps. Like if he if he doesn't perform, you know, Mac is Mac has come back in and. Do do we know who the starter is going to be next week? I mean, is it? Do we know if it's going to be one or the other? I mean, they we didn't know. We were listening to ninety-eight five on the drive to Gillette. They didn't even announce it. Like nobody knew at ninety minutes prior to kickoff. Yeah. So I, per usual with Belichick, we, we won't know until an hour out. And and apparently, and I'm sure that Zappy and Mac filter their answers for what they say to the press, but they both were like, he communicated to us well, what was going to happen. And basically it was like, Mac's going to go, but you know, there is a very real chance that Zappy would come in. Yeah. So per, per usual Belichick, he's going to keep that close. Yeah. To that, that was tweeted about an hour before game time by Schefter that uh, expect to see both quarterbacks uh, in the, in this game. So um, yeah, we, we will see, uh, we'll see how that plays out in new England uh, moving forward. Uh, switching topics. Uh, the World Series is set. Uh, we've got one team who uh, was the favorite to, to reach there and another team who was not expected at all uh, to get to the World Series. I'm, of course, I'm talking about the Astros uh, coming out of the AL and the, the Phillies coming out of the NL. Uh, but there was one guy, at least, who was expecting this. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story that's been uh, in the news. Uh, back in April, uh, a Colorado better bet $50 on the Astros to beat the Phillies in the World Series. Uh, sports books will put up these things called exactas, uh, which essentially means that you are naming uh, not only the top two finalists, but who's going to win out of those two. So this better, he bet 50 bucks on Astros to beat the Phillies uh, in the World Series. This was back in April at odds of 2,500 to 1. 2,500 to 1. So his bet of $50 is to win $125,000. Uh, however, those odds I just mentioned, that was a, that was a mistake. That was, those should not have been the odds, uh, and that was a mistake uh, done by the sportsbook BetMGM. Those odds really should have been closer to – probably should have been entered as 250 to 1, and it was a mistake to add an extra zero. Uh, but if you actually look deeper, it probably should have been even lower than 250 to 1. Uh, you can figure that out by looking at what the Phillies were to, to win the NL in April, which they were 12 to 1. And the Astros to win the World Series was 10 to 1. Uh, and if you parlay those two things, you get odds of 142 to 1. Uh, so this Colorado better was basically given a gift of 2,500 to 1. Obviously, you know, it, it's, it means nothing if this doesn't actually happen. But um, so he's got this massive $125,000 bet. Uh, the better has declined uh, interview requests. But he did tell a BetMGM rep uh, today that, uh, quote, I'm not hedging. Exact quote, word for word, I'm not hedging. Um, so if he were to hedge, I thought we would talk about a couple different scenarios in which he would go about doing that. Uh, obviously, option number one, uh, he could sell that ticket on PropSwap. Uh, the market value uh, for this ticket right now is $81,000. That is how much someone would need to wager uh, at the Astros' current odds of, of minus 190. Uh, as, as we record this podcast, the Astros are minus 190 uh, to, to win the World Series. So the, there's a market value of this ticket for $81,000. Again, he bet $50. Uh, and then, of course, option number two is he could make a wager on the Phillies, right? He could make a wager on the Phillies so that uh, if, if the Phillies win, he would, he would get that, he would get that se- the money from the second bet. Um, 
in order to win $81,000, that's the, like I said, the market value of this ticket, he would need to wager $50,000, right, on the Phillies to win $81,000. Now, uh, I probably don't have to tell you that someone who's betting $50 does not have $50,000 liquid cash uh, to to make a wager. Um, However, there's been much chatter online. Luke, I know you've read a lot of it. Uh, So I'll, I'll ask you, uh, a, what would you do uh, if you were this better? Uh, and B, uh, talk a little ab- about why, why the word, why the term just hedging by betting the Phillies is so overused and uh, is not as practical as people may think. Yeah, wh- where do I start here? Um, so let's just briefly talk about getting the money to hedge because that's step number one. We could talk about how much you hedge and like how you get down if you can even get that much down. That's a World Series matchup. You'll be able to get that down. But, you know, let's talk about where the money comes from first. Because if I hear, if I read one more time on Twitter that a bank is going to loan you money for a sports bet, I'm going to lose my mind. Banks, Bank of America, is not handing out personal loans off of a sports bet. They are not taking a sports bet as collateral and then lending you money for a personal loan and we're going to collateralize it with a sports bet. That is not in the business of for Bank of America or any large bank that I'm aware of. Could And then, you know, those guys take the most risk. And then you talk about a smaller bank. You think some podunk bank and... You know, Aurora, Colorado is going to loan, you know, lend money for this. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So cross off banks lending you the money. Then I see, you know, I would say that's the number one response on Twitter. Second most frequent response of how you get this money is just borrow it from your family. Okay. Like I grew up in, you know, lower middle class Chicago. I imagine this guy is, you know, middle class ish in Colorado. Like, Ain't nobody giving me 50 racks to make a sports bet. So I just, I don't understand where you get the money to make this sports bet, to make this hedge. Um, So, yeah. And then him saying, I don't hedge. Like, we're just, we're not going to get along. Like, I feel like we've, most people in America are in favor of some hedging. The fact that your answer is zero hedge when you can turn $50 into 81,000 guaranteed. So that's a, a return of 1,620x on your money. Very, very few people have ever hit a 100 to 1 winner. This is 1,620 times your money if you sold that ticket on PropSwap. So, um, yeah, just miss undereducated market on Twitter you know, a miseducated market on Twitter because you're wrong that banks are going to lend you money. Um, so, I, yeah, just absolutely stunning. If he's not going to hedge this thing at all, um, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a loan shark is, is a more, you know, uh, reasonable thing. But guess what? Loan sharks, if you can't find one, uh, guess what? They take massive amounts of interest okay so no one's giving you free money right people don't just hand out free money so uh people act as if someone's just gonna be like yeah here's fifty thousand dollars go make your bet and like you know 
you know, hit me back. Just call me later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hit me back just whenever. Me. Don't worry about it. Uh, and uh, I don't want anything for uh, for for my time or or the, or the capital, right? Like nothing's free in life, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, I I'll believe it when I see it that someone could walk into a bank uh, and get a get a five figure loan to to make a sports bet. Um, now, the probably the most common thing I see is is uh, making a a five k bet, a ten k bet on the Phillies, right? Just to like you know, uh, just to get something back if the Phillies win. But again, it's like, how sick would you be if you only bet 5K to win, you know, 7,500 on the Phillies and the Phillies win and you just had ridden this team all summer long. You see the magic, like you've probably been rooting them all along. And then uh, the Phillies are such a fun team to watch. And they're, like I said, they're, they are filled with professionals. Uh, you would be sick to your stomach with a $7,500 uh, return on, on this type of bet. So, you know, the other option that, that we didn't talk about is there always is the option. And I know Luke, you say this all the time to sell the bet, get the 81,000 and then go make a new bet, uh, on, on the Astros. Right. Because again, you know, he would say I would be, you know, I'd be even more sick if I hedged and the Astros won. So it's like, okay, fine. You know, take the, you know, take the 81,000 and then go make like a $36,000 $36,000 bet or whatever on, on the Astros at minus 190. And, uh, you know, what's that return? Basically, you know, 15, 16, $15,000. Um, and then it's like, you know, then, then you got the best of both worlds. But, um, yeah, point being is of all the options, not hedging a penny is probably not the best, not the best option. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Sell the bet for 80 racks. Take, take, 50,000 of it. Take 50,000 and go rebet the Phillies. Astros. Fine. Sorry, yeah. You take 50,000 yeah. of it and then go bet the Astros. Yeah. Yes. Like, fine. Yeah. So, uh, my guess is this is the not not the last uh, we will hear of the story. Um, I was reading an article uh, and, you know, BetMGM, obviously, this was a big mistake on their part, but uh, one of their uh, employees was quoted as saying, like, I am much more worried about the mattress ma- mattress Mac risk we have than I am about this 125k ticket, uh, and they are going to try and juice yeah. this for uh, all of the publicity they can get. And they are actually flying this better to Game One uh, uh, of the World Series. So uh, you know they oh. they are going to try and uh, juice this. So we will be getting um, more more of this story. But were you, you going to say something about uh, about Mac? Um, I was going to say something about the Astros. I had a meeting last week, um, with a very, you know, with an executive, a very large sports book. They are not in a good position with the Astros. I didn't realize how bad of an outcome this would be for sports. So like, yeah, it is, it is not good. People have just been pounding the Astros the entire season and they just haven't got, you know, enough MLB futures on all the other teams to outweigh this liability if the Astros win. So, um, yeah, this the Astros winning is not a good outcome for, for a very large sports book. Um, and then I was just going to say, great, great job figuring out that's a mistake. Cause you're right. Like parlaying those together would pay you, you know, a little bit more than, than half of what this parlay is paying. So great catch. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, uh, the true odds probably should, in April should have been like 142 to one and he got 2,500 to one. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite, Oh, touche. So yeah, so that's even. That's like 20 X difference, yeah. like not, complete, complete mistake. Yeah. yeah. Complete. Mistake. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Mac mattress, Mac, uh, he has, uh, he has bet $10 million, 
uh, at different sports books at an average of seven and a half to one odds. Uh, so he he stands to win seventy five million dollars uh, if if the uh, Astros win win the World Series. Uh, and I saw one today. He bet a million sh- straight up a milli with win at twelve to one odds. So uh, yeah, I do not think the win has been getting twelve million dollars uh, worth of MLB futures bets uh, at, at other books. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's if if you see. The Astros shaded uh, quite a bit more than you think. It's pr- it's probably because they don't want Astros action. They they want they want Phillies action. Um, so uh, moving on, just want to hit a couple other uh, quick sales before we get to steak or swap. Uh, this one uh, came across the ticker uh, over the weekend. I uh, thought this was interesting on um, the Padres to win the World Series. Uh, we had a customer. Uh, he bet a hundred bucks on the Padres to win the World Series at eighteen to one. Uh, this was back uh, in July. And then on the day of the Juan Soto trade, he sold that ticket for $158, odds of 11 to 1. Uh, so turned 100 into 158 real quick. Uh, and then obviously the Padres did not perform up to the expectations that people were thinking after that Juan Soto trade. Uh, they, of course, lose Fernando Tatis uh, for the rest of the year due to uh, violation of the, of the steroid rule. Uh, but the Padres still obviously made the World Series um, or, sorry, the Padres made the playoffs. Uh, however, after the Padres lost game one to the Dodgers in the NLDS, the guy that bought it for 158 sold it uh, for 42.50, odds of 44 to one uh, for, for the second buyer. Um, and it's funny, I just, I'll, I'll do a quick note about the guy who bought the ticket for 42.50. Um, he buys so much stuff that I look at and I'm like, there's how could this possibly win? Like he buys, uh, you know, I, I use this uh, affectionately, but he is kind of a dumpster diver. He will buy a ton of tickets for cheap. Uh, most of them look like losers and end up being losers. But then like once or twice, you know, maybe more times a year, he just comes out on top. Uh, things that come to mind. He got in super early or he got in on the, on the Canadians when they were down three to one. Uh, against the, the the Maple Leafs, I think it was in the playoffs, and then of course they came back to to go to the Stanley Cup uh, last year. He got in on Salvador Perez uh, to have the most home runs when he was two hundred to one in June, uh, and he's done it again. Uh, he bought the ticket for forty two fifty when the Padres were down one zero. Of course, the Padres win three straight games uh, against LA, and then uh, when they were down two to one, he knew that was the time to to get out. And he sold that ticket for $400. So uh, over an 8x return uh, in basically, what, a week and a half uh, in between, the, mm-hmm. between when the, Do- the Dodgers were up 1-0 and, and when he sold it uh, in the NLCS. So uh, just a great transaction and uh, just another reason why, like, you could – because on PropSwap, you have these panic sellers. Like, oh, no, Padres go down 1-0 against the Dodgers. Like, there's no way they can come back and win this thing. And they are selling tickets at way below face value just because they just want to get out of their account. Just, just get rid of it. Uh, and so you can find, you know, it's not always about finding, like, the, you know, the favorites at the good odds, but you can find some amazing deals uh, on the long shots uh, for people who just want to get out, panic sell. Uh, and, uh, you know, once again, it worked out for this guy. Yeah, great find, great job pulling that data, making eight extra money in seven days is something you'll not be doing in the regular stock market and certainly not this year's stock market. So um, that's great. 
It's, you know, and just think of how much larger those numbers could be as we scale this company and these bets start to get larger, like, you know, buying something for four grand and selling it for 50 grand, you know, it's, it's super, it's super interesting. And that's amazing that he timed that properly. That dumpster diving is exactly what I would call that. And that's great. Like, you know, Mark Cuban talks about all the time, like be a coupon clipper, you know, like just, you want to buy stuff for value when you can. And sports betting is no different. You can swoop in and get a 40, 40, 44 to one Padres world series future when, you know, they're just down one Oh, like that's, that's a great price. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so he, he's, he's a very active customer and, uh, you know, I think this, um, once again, proves that, you know, there, there is some serious money to be made just by buying and selling, uh, only on prop swap. You don't even have to go to the book. Um, and then uh, another thing I want to talk about quickly, uh, cause I, I know you're a big soccer guy. Um, back in April, uh, a customer made the following four leg parlay. He had the Mavs to beat the jazz, uh, in their playoff series at minus 600 odds. He had Kayvon uh, Thibodeau to be selected uh, pick number four or higher in the NFL draft at minus 190. Uh, Thibodeau was selected fifth by the Giants, so uh, check those two off, win-win. He then had the L.A. Football Club to win the MLS Cup at 8.5 to 1, and the Phillies to win the World Series at 50 to 1 odds. He bet $58 to win $50,000, odds of 860 to 1. Um, so uh, as I mentioned, the, the first two were winners back in April. Uh, fast forward to today, and LAFC uh, are in the MLS Cup semifinals, and they are currently the favorite to win it all at plus 115 odds. Uh, and of course, as we've discussed, Phillies are in the World Series at odds of plus 160. Uh, and so over the weekend, uh, this customer sold that $58 ticket for $3,850, 3850 uh, which was odds of 12 to 1 for the buyer, which was an amazing deal uh, for the buyer when you consider the fact that, again, the LAFC are plus 115 and the Phillies are plus 160. Now, granted, the sale happened when the Phillies were up 3-1, but the odds really didn't change that much uh, from up 3-1 to, to winning at 4-1. Uh, and the odds really should have been closer to 5-1. to one. So the fair market value of this ticket is like $8,900, uh, and the buyer got at $3,850. So... Um, we will see if this buyer um, chooses to resell it because, again, you know, the LAFC, you know, they're in the semifinals and the favorite, but like, I, you know, again, Phillies are the underdog. Uh, so we'll see if he wants to try and flip this thing because he got an amazing deal and he's got a ton of margin uh, to, to, to make a profit here. But uh, just, uh, again, another situation where uh, the seller was desperate for whatever reason to, to get off the ticket and gave an amazing deal uh, to, to the buyer. Yeah. So $58 into 38.50, what it sold for on prop swap, that's a 66 X return on your money. So 66 times your money. Um, you know, again, I would challenge how many sports betters have ever hit a hundred to one winner. You know, I, I would think it's around 10%, maybe 20% of people that have ever made a hundred X on one bet. This guy turned no questions asked, uh, made 66 times his $58 investment. Like incredible. Just numbers that again, wall street and uh, the trillion dollar industry that wall street is like those guys and girls are clawing to make 7% a year. Like this guy's making 66 X on his money. So bravo. Yeah, and I just, 
round of applause for just throwing in four different sports uh, and including a NFL yes. draft prop, uh, which is one of the most unpredictable things ever, uh, and uh, the MLS uh, futures, which I I couldn't even name you three players in, in the MLS probably. Um, right. No, I uh, I was at a, a Sportico conference last week, and um, the guy that started the PFL uh, spoke, and we chatted for a little bit after he came off stage, and he was like, look, like he was very bearish on, on MLS. And I was like, why? He's like, MLS is the ninth most watched soccer league in the world. Ninth. Like, he's like, this is, and, and it was, he was kind of like a shot. The commissioner of the, ML, of the MLS was like on stage earlier. So it was like, oh, kind of awkward. Uh, but he's like, I am very bearish on the MLS, which is interesting because I feel like soccer is kind of regarded as this is like, the next big thing in America, like soccer's gonna kill it here. But he's like, I agree with that, but it ain't the MLS. Like right. it's it's the Premier League, and um, you know, there's the every other international soccer league that's in seven places ahead of the MLS. So it was it was an interesting yeah. take. Uh, no, that, that's right. I mean, people they want to see the sports at their at their highest quality, and so right. um, just with streaming. Uh, you know, the availability to see all these games, you know, Paramount Plus does a pretty good job of uh, of streaming uh, the, the Champions League. Uh, Peacock has the Premier League. Uh, there are a couple other, you know, uh, Euro- European Cups. You know, obviously there's the, the blow up of, of Wrexham uh, from the, the Hulu show. So I, I, I agree. Soccer is blowing up. It's becoming more accessible. People are getting more knowledgeable about it. We got the, the World Cup coming up. But uh, the MLS is, you know, you, know, you might as well be watching, you know, it's, it's like the equivalent of, you know, single a minor league baseball basically right like i would you people would rather watch you know baseball at at 9 a.m of the highest quality than than single a baseball at, at 6 p.m so uh people especially from work from home like i i know i do it I, i've been watching way more international soccer um ever since covid than than i was before because you know everyone's sitting at home and, and can and can watch these games more more easily so um yeah, yeah. so uh but now, now I think we all have a little more uh, interest in, in who wins the MLS because I, I I will certainly be rooting uh, for uh, for LA uh, to to win it. Um, and so uh, now uh, it is that time time of the show uh, to do our weekly segment of steak or swap. First up, we will be talking about the defending AFC champions, Cincinnati Bengals. They are currently 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I will go first. I will stake the Bengals uh, right now at 22 to 1. Uh, currently, uh, the Bengals are eighth in points per game and seventh in points allowed. Uh, Another stat I love uh, is third down conversion percentage, which uh, they currently rank third uh, in the league in third down percentages. Uh, and, you know, this is all given a really bad 0-2 start uh, that, that the Bengals had. Um, Burrow, uh, he got sacked 13 times in those first two games. 13 times in the first two games. Since then, in the next five games, only 11 sacks given up. So, obviously, the offensive line is, is getting it straight. He's obviously, you know, getting the ball, getting rid of the ball quicker because he could not be getting sacked that many times. Uh, and so, uh, again, 13 the first two games, 11 the next five. Uh, he's second in the league in passing yards. Uh, and, again, a 12-to-1 
touchdown to interception rate in the last five games. So, uh, you know, that team goes as, as Burrow goes. Uh, and so I think the last five games have been trending really well in the, in the right direction. Uh, and then if you look up their upcoming schedule, uh, they are at Cleveland, home versus Carolina, uh, and then a bye week, and then at Pittsburgh and at Tennessee. I think all four of those are very winnable games. Um, I, I get that uh, three of the four are on the road, but um, I think they could easily win three of those four, especially with, with the bye week in there to uh, give them some extra prep against Pittsburgh. Uh, so I will be staking the Bengals at 22 to one. Yeah. Um, all fair points about Burroughs sack rate, um, but I will be swapping the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I agree that, they could make a run this year that Cincinnati can make a run this year, but I am too intimidated by the Ravens. Um, I think that it's crazy that like Lamar's, you know, now in his fifth season and like, I feel like teams still have not figured out how do we defend Lamar Jackson and like this, this new offense that, and that Greg Roman, in my opinion is deserves a ton more credit for, like he just doesn't get the FaceTime slash recognition that I feel like he deserves. Like he literally is inventing a new offense that nobody else has been doing and it's working. And it's with a guy who still isn't that accurate of a passer, you know, kind of like Jalen hurts ish, like, and, um, their rut, ru- their rushing attack. The Eagles rushing attack is far superior and their offensive line is far superior to the, the Ravens offensive line, Ravens rushing attack. The Ravens are doing this with like scrub running backs. Like J.K. Dobbins just like cannot stay on the field. So my point is like with a dismantled rushing attack to still be putting up these numbers with Lamar Jackson, it's just super impressive. So um, I just, I trust the Ravens too much. I think they finally will make a push. I don't think they're good enough to beat the Bills or the Chiefs. They're, the, the issue with this offense is when you get down 21-10 or 21-7, like it's very difficult to, score points quickly and that's how the bills and chiefs play is they'll just they'll hang 21 on you in five minutes so um but up until that point i trust the ravens enough and more so than the bengals so um i'm swapping the cincinnati bengals and then lastly good parlay literally into that the ninety thousand dollar parlay that we've um that we still have on props up it's still alive it of course was uh cam smith to win the open warriors to beat the um beat the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Uh he bet the Braves to win the NL East. Um and now all he needs is the Bengals to win their division and a hundred bucks return into ninety grand. The market value as of this podcast, it, uh the Bengals are around plus one seventy. Is that right, right to win the division? Right. Um and so it's it's worth around thirty three thousand. Um, and well, we've informed, uh, the owner of this ticket that it is worth, um, 33,000 and, uh, he in turn, uh, posted it for 50,000. <laughs> so, uh, we're a little bit off in terms of what the, uh, bet is worth. Um, and I've given him the analogy. If a car dealership was attempting to sell a Toyota Camry, which is around a $25,000 car, a $30,000 car for a brand new one. For 50000 I think you would not trust that car dealership. So uh, I have tried to explain to him, like, look, like we will help you, and we will certainly, I will text 
the many uh, personalities that we know and on seven years running this business, we will tweet it out. We will make it a featured ticket, but you got to price it fairly. Um, and fair is 33,000. That's exactly the value that someone would pay right now. Um, so working on it, definitely the growing pains of, of starting an industry like we're doing, starting a secondary market for sports bets is not easy. <laughs> we definitely have learned that in seven years so far. Um, so I hope that he will come around and post it for a fair price. And you know, we had a, a quick discussion today. Uh, he was of the opinion that uh, a certain former Bengals wide receiver uh, who uh, might be named Ocho Cinco would pay fifty thousand uh, for this bet instead of the thirty thousand. And uh, I, I don't agree with that because uh, Chad is a smart guy. If we're talking about him or anyone else that's a huge Bengals fan, like. I think they would text one sports better and say, hey, I'm about to pay $50,000 for this. Is this a good bet? And any sports better would be like, absolutely not. That's a horrible bet. You can walk into any casino in the world right now that has that offers legal sports betting or a bookie, of course, um, and make the exact same wager for half that price. So we're working on them. Hopefully, he'll come around and get a posted for a fair price. But it's a great bet. Like, I want, I want him to get paid for this thing. Um you know, turn a hundred bucks into thirty three thousand dollars is is mind boggling cash with still plenty, you know, way more than half the season to go. Um, and again, you're dealing with with the Ravens. Yeah. Um, and you know, the the only other thing I'll add uh, is that you know, and I see this with other sellers, not 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 just this guy in particular, but they don't want to feel like they're leaving a penny on the table, right? God forbid, Correct. you know, the could have gotten thirty three thousand, but the only sell for thirty two thousand, right? Like God forbid that the you know leave uh, any money on the table. So their strategy is, I'm gonna price it for fifty. If it gets sold, fantastic. But you know, I would still take a bit lower. And when I talk to buyers, buyers don't want to feel like they are wasting their time. When they feel like they are so far apart, they feel like all they're gonna do is they're gonna just be bidding against themselves. They feel like they're gonna be wasting their time. That you know, there's no point in even into entering into these types of really serious. Co- I mean, we start talking about throwing 30, 40 racks around like these are serious conversations with serious people on the buying side. And so if they feel like they are vastly apart and we're not talking about, you know, the difference between $40 and $20, right, which is, you know, half, you know, half, you know, uh, you know, half of each other. We're talking about 50,000 versus 33,000. They don't even want to feel like they're wasting their time. Like they want to deal with someone who is being dead serious about selling it. And while I do think this seller in particular, the Bengals ticket is serious about selling it. He just, you know, I'm not sure if he, you know, he can't put himself in the shoes of the buyer uh, and thinking that like, why would I enter into these types of negotiations with if he's thinking he's going to get 50000 for it? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I agree. I think um, he is serious about selling it. Uh, I do think we, we will be able to make some progress on this thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the sooner he realizes that 33 is the ceiling and not the floor, uh, the the quicker we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get a deal done. Uh, and then just... Yeah. All right. All right, Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am I am wearing a bulls uh, a bulls hoodie, so uh, yeah, maybe that was that, that just in me today. Uh, and then just the last thing I was going to say about you were talking about the Ravens and their uh, their rushing attack. Do you want to guess who has the fifth most rushing yards in the entire league? Wow, is it Lamar? Yeah. 
Lamar is fifth wow. in the league in, 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 in rushing yards. So uh, they do have a fantastic running back. Uh, he just also plays quarterback at the same time. Um, uh, speaking of fantastic quarterbacks, uh, or at least that used to be fantastic, uh, the next team we are going to talk about is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, currently, uh, they can be found at uh, 18-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so, Luke, uh, you can go first. Are you staking or swapping the Bucks? I I am so over this football team. I am swapping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the championship. I just I feel like they should be forty to one. Now, I will preface this by saying any bet that you see that's just so far off, like I would say more than thirty percent off the number that you think it should be. Usually the books know something that you don't. So this may be a trap and like I may be missing something that this team, you know, points bet has them at 14 to one DraftKings has them at 15 to one. Like I might be missing something. The only thing I can think of logically, you know, that explains it is they just know they're going to take so much action on Brady because he's such a like a popular guy. That if they hang a twenty to one number or a twenty five to one number, they'll just get killed by all the Brady fans out there. But I do not understand how you watch this football team and say they have a one in fifteen shot to win the championship. They look the offensive line can't block. They're not running the ball well. The receivers can't catch a pass. Obviously, Mike Evans dropped that, you know, that seam route. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, they lost to an XFL quarterback this past weekend. I and Ian and I talk about this all the time when. If you have a coach that gets fired, definitely the players want to prove that they're still legitimate and they're going to bust ass to win that game. So there's something going on there. I get that. But this is not the the first NFL Sunday where Brady and the Bucks have just looked terrible. So I, I have to get off this train. I, I am swapping the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, um, I am torn uh, on this, uh, but I think I'm going to swap the Bucks uh, as well. Uh, you know, the fact that Tom Brady is going to Robert Kraft's birthday on a Friday night of a game week, uh, and you know he took two weeks off in the off season. I think he, he's dealing with a lot of family stuff, but this is not the same Tom Brady uh, that we've seen in previous years, where he, you know, he's zero dark thirty, just absolutely focused on on winning the season. I think you know his his personal life has just started to creep up too much onto his football life, and uh, it's starting to 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 bleed into his, into his performance. Uh, he is getting rid of the ball way faster than he used to. He does not want to take these hits. Um, the, the defense just qu- uh, quite isn't there. Uh, but the only reason why I was on the fence that I would maybe still stake the Bucks, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm aware that, you know, I, I, I staked them a couple weeks ago at 10 to 1, and, and it's, they've lost as double-digit favorites ever since then. Um, the division, man. Uh, if you, the, the, the other teams in the yeah. division... The Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, the the Bucks are still a you could they're as high as minus two seventy five to win the NFC South uh, at at points bet, and I think the the worry if you're the the sports book as to why you're not making the the Bucks forty to one to win the Super Bowl is that if the Bucks win the division and they get a first round home game and and they're in the playoffs, the, Tom Brady could do anything for three four games, right? So you know I I I do think that this team could still be bad and struggle their way to an NFC to- NFC South title. Uh, and so that would be yeah. uh, my only reason. But at the end of the day, 
unless something changes, this is not a good football team. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether it's Bruce Arians leaving, uh, Tom Brady being, you know, half, you know, one foot out the door, uh, whatever it is, uh, th- this team, I don't think, uh, is, is built for, for a playoff run. So uh, I agree with you. I am going to, uh, to swap the Bucks. Yeah. And just wrapping up just the Tampa schedule, like, you know, in fairness, like, uh, the other NFC, you know, favorites are Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Cowboys. Those are the other four NFC teams ahead of them. Like, I get it. Could they beat all of those teams? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. They could, but it's just like what you've shown me this year just seems like a fundamentally different Tom Brady slash Bucks team than what we've seen in the past like three years. So I just, I just nothing they've shown me on the field makes me want to trust them, and it's like. I'm going to bet a team just because, like, you know, it's possible they could beat other NFC teams. Like, I just haven't seen it this year. Yeah, I mean, look, if if we've seen anything these past couple weeks, any team can beat any team. Like, I mean, I, I like, I, I mean, you know, the the Steelers are beating the Bucks with with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, like you, we talked about the the Bears are going into New England and and winning that game. Uh, yeah, I, Colts, Colts beat the Chiefs. I have, I still yeah. have no idea how the Colts but, you beat know, the Chiefs. And Matt we haven't spent any time this podcast talking about Aaron Rodgers, but you know, maybe we can save that for for another episode because I have no idea what's going on with him and in Green Bay. Uh, but I'm convinced there there are only three good teams in the league, like the the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Eagles. And there's a huge, yeah. and then a drop off uh, after that. I mean, I, I'm not ready to throw the Vikings into that conversation yet, uh, but. You know, so point being is like literally any team can beat any team. And so, uh, you know, when you talk about the upcoming schedules and and you that's why I say they are winnable games. But I, I wouldn't bet my life literally on any team beating any team straight up in this league. Yeah, no, totally agree. There's a top three elite teams and a giant gap um, to the to the fourth best team. Um, you know, the Eagles dismantled the Vikings on that, on that Monday night game. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It uh, keeps us watching every week. And, uh, you know, like it's, 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 it makes it fun that, you know, you don't, you can turn a game on and, and, you know, you're not banking that's going to be a blowout because, uh, as we've seen, uh, upsets are, are happening left and right. So, uh, we will keep on watching. Uh, super excited for the World Series begins on Friday. Um, you know, make sure to check PropSwap for some great deals on on World Series tickets, uh, as well as college football, uh, NFL, uh, NBA as well. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to uh, leave a rating and please subscribe. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>